Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Guess What You're Gonna Hate. I'm Kate. And I'm Janine. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst and sometimes best, but mostly worst pop culture of the 2000s. And we're back. We didn't have an episode last week. Yeah, we didn't have an episode last week. Well, you know what? It was Labor Day, you know? We need we a break, too. We shouldn't have to fucking work on Labor Day. Don't make us work on Labor Day. Also, we were just busy. Like, we both moved. Yeah, yeah, we moved. Um, you moved to a newer, better apartment, and I moved from Tennessee to New York. So Cross-country, bitch. Brr, 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 brr. <laughs> it was a very long car ride, and I had no energy left. So you guys didn't want just an episode of me going like, huh? Yeah. I didn't have I didn't even have the internet until Wednesday. The reason I moved to New York is because I am taking film preservation courses because as we've talked about before, I'm kind of a nerd about film even though I no. watch trashy ones. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to like work to help preserve our cultural history, even the shitty ones. So I was moving up here and I started my classes and I kind of wanted to honor i guess that makes it sound corny it is corny i kind of wanted to like tip my hat to the fact that i'm starting film preservation school this week so i was thinking about some movies for us to watch and at first my thought was benny and june because johnny depp's character in that based on charlie chaplin who's like you know classic silent film star and also talkies that's great but that's a 90s movie And then the only other recent-ish movie about silent film I could think of was The Artist, which came out in 2011, which is a good film. It's really good. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's got a cute little dog in it, too. Remember when that dog went to the Oscars? Aw, I did. Yeah, Uggy. I know that's, it's like, yeah, I know the dog actor's name by by heart. (laughs) I just know it. Remember when he went um, on Ellen and he was on a skateboard? Yes, I do. It's a good one. We need more, like, Tumblr was very famous dogs. Tumblr was great back in 2011. Yes. Because it was just gifts of Uggy and, like, me not thinking about... 2011 was a better time. It was a simpler time. <laughs> <laughs> I just graduated from high school. That didn't work out. That's 2011. Yeah. Yeah, that's 2011. So we couldn't do that. I mean, maybe if it had been 2010, I could have allowed it. But 2011 is just too far out there. I was it's like, too mm-hmm. far out. It's like, you'd be fucking up the entire podcast. You'd ruin the podcast <laughs> for everyone. So I tried really hard to find something about the like Hollywood golden age of film. I actually was really, really happy for a minute there because I was searching IMDb for like you can type in keywords and I typed in Hollywood and I found this film called The Golden Age of Hollywood about zombies. Oh, God. And like the <laughs> the plot summary was that a silent film actress was having to protect herself against a zombie invasion. And I was like, hell yes, I want to watch this right now. But it was a three minute short film. And I was like, God damn it. So that didn't work out. And honestly, I know I'm not... I, I'm going to be real with you guys, my my audience, my captive uh, guests here. I'm not the kind of host that likes to do this hokey, like, let's pretend we're talking about discussing the film, what we're going to watch, and then pretend we go and watch it, because I think that's corny. So we've already decided what we're going to watch. I gave Kate a selection of movies that I chose about Hollywood and basically like the production process, one of which is The Aviator which is a Martin Scorsese film from 2004 about... Howard Hughes. Yeah, it's a biopic about Howard Hughes. And it's supposedly really good. I've never seen it. You saw it, though, right? I've seen it, and it was like a while ago, and I don't remember, but I just like, I don't care about Leonardo DiCaprio anymore. (laughs) I don't care how good his, his movies are. 
I just don't want to watch them. <laughs> and also it's directed by Martin Scorsese, who the place where I'm taking my film preservation courses has a lot of his films. So I was like, oh, maybe I need to catch up on Scorsese. But Kate was like, no, we're not doing I like, that. I don't, I don't care about that. Leo. It's like, fair I enough. Care. I was like, I don't want to watch a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Also, it's so long. <laughs> yeah, it is a long film. It's two two hours and 50 minutes. Damn, that's longer than yeah, I thought it was. It's so long. Yeah, and uh, then I thought about What Just Happened, which is a 2008 film with Robert De Niro, which I've never seen either, but apparently it's about a old Hollywood producer who's having a tough time getting a new picture made and like turns to crime. As you do. Did you see it? It sounds really familiar, but like it's another one of those things where I'm like, did I watch that movie or did I read a Wikipedia? Yeah, I think we could probably revisit it in the future, but I kind of wasn't really thrilled about watching it because... It didn't really have a lot about it online and like the reviews were kind of like, I guess it was okay, but it wasn't really good either. I was like, that doesn't sound like a fun episode of this podcast. It's like one of those things where it's like, (laughs) it's like, we can't really say that much bad about it, but we can't really say that much good about it. So you can't really say that much about it. And it's like, we can't have that as our comeback episode from a week away. Yeah, true. So the finalist and the winner is one of my favorite movies. And so this week we are doing a rare moment where we actually watch and review a good movie, which is Adaptation, a 2002 film written by Charlie Kaufman and directed by Spike Jones, stars Nicolas Cage, Meryl Streep, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Tilda Swinton's in it. Yeah, like there's a lot of really good people in it. Ron Livingston. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton Swinton. is is like the Yeah. Or no, yeah. Um, It's a really, really good film. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. You've seen it before. We watched it for this, right? I've seen it before, like a while ago. And then I watched it while I was doing other things. (laughs) Because I'm so busy. And... um, Honestly, I was confused about half the time because I was not paying close enough attention. It's a very confusing film if you're not paying attention, even if you are paying attention, because it goes from like zero to 100 real quick at the end. Uh, I watched this film for a film adaptation class I took in college, which was all about like, you know, taking film like plot from books or short stories and turning them into movies, like what changes along the way. And this film is entirely about a writer struggling to take a book and turn it into a screenplay. So it's like a meta fiction about this process. It's because Charlie Kaufman was actually hired to turn this book into a screenplay and then he just fucked it up. Mm-hmm. Basically, he made this like really good movie, but it was not an adaptation of this book, even though it sort of is, even though it, it definitely isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So um, let's just get into it, I guess. Yeah. Charlie Kaufman's a screenwriter, and he hates himself. <laughs> that's, all I, that's like all I can say. This is Nicolas Cage's best role, I think, for me. I think he is so good in this movie. No, no. You, um, there's this movie called National Treasure. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Ugh, fuck. I've got to go like jump out the window now. I forgot about National Treasure. This is his second best movie, <laughs> but it's still good. Not, it's no national treasure, but... <laughs> he actually plays two characters in this movie because another one of those fictional elements implemented into this movie is Charlie Kaufman having a twin brother. Named Donald. And who is, Donald who is, is also credited as a writer for this film, by the way. 
He isn't. He's just like a dummy. He's a real dummy. He's not real. <laughs> he's hired to write the screenplay for this book, The Orchid Thief. But like every time he sits down to write, he's like, I deserve a muffin. Like, I'm just going to go eat a muffin. And then he like... Which same. Yeah, super same. He can't... He just can't get anything on the page because the book is like this meandering, weird book. Like, it's just like New York bullshit, basically. Mm-hmm. New York literary bullshit that doesn't really have a story. So he's having a really hard time adapting it to be a screenplay because he doesn't want to fuck with it. In any way. He wants it to be true to the book, but he can't write a movie that's based on the book because the book has no plot. And he's living with his twin brother, who he feels like very taken advantage of by. And I think that his brother is just kind of like a dummy. (laughs) He's not trying to take advantage of him. He's just an idiot. Because his brother is also trying to break into screenwriting. Yeah, but he's like not... He doesn't have like that artistic integrity that Charlie does. He's just like, I'm going to write a thriller. And it's... And he like goes to like a class... Like a seminar by a guy who's like a famous writer, and he's just like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. And he's like always asking his brother for shit, like, hey, I need a cool way to kill people. And his brother was just like fucks with him and says stupid things. And he goes, oh, but I like that. Can I use that? Yeah, he's so over the deadline with Columbia Pictures, and he's like freaking the fuck out. And he just starts writing this thing with like self reference. Like he puts himself in the into the script. It really gets out of hand. <laughs> he like goes to see the author of the book, who he's like kind of been become like fascinated and like obsessed with but he's just like such like a dork that he can't like talk to her then he realized he finds out that donald's um script which he's like written about a thought like a really like awful psychological thriller called the three the three where the all three main characters the cop the serial killer and the and the woman who has been kidnapped by the serial killer are all the same person with a multiple personality disorder. And like, honestly, I want to watch that movie. (laughs) I would watch that movie and we would talk about it on this podcast, no matter when it came out. Because it looks really bad. But so like, he sold that script and it's for like a shit ton of money. So Charlie's like, well, fuck it. Fuck this. This is stupid. And he goes to that writer's seminar and asks him for advice. And it's funny because when he's talking he's like it doesn't matter what the first two acts of the movie are as long as the third one like really wows you but never introduce a deus ex machina which is what the what the writer seminar guy is he's definitely a deus ex machina it's so great like this movie just it's so self-referential and like the fact that he's like oh yeah the last third really has to wow you and this is when the movie starts to go off the rails it's funny because like basically he's writing the screenplay he's not doing well and he asked donald charlie asked donald he goes so what would you do for the end of the movie and that's when the movie goes off the rails it's almost like donald starts writing the movie because Mm -hmm. you find out that Donald, like, pretends to be Charlie and, like, goes to see Orlean, who's Meryl Streep, so she's great. And he's like, ooh, she's a liar. She's a little liar. And then Mm -hmm. the two of them follow her to Florida, where she meets the guy from the book, John LaRoche, who's um, the guy who ended up being the orchid thief. And it turns out they're secret lovers, and they are making drugs with with the orchid that he was stealing. And they're both taking the drugs and fucking, and, like, LaRoche and Orlean catch Charlie like, watching them, like, do everything, and they were like, oh, shit, we gotta kill him. So, she for- the author forces uh, Charlie to drive to the swamp where she's gonna kill him, but then they escape, and him and his brother hide in the swamp, and they, like, you know, in the earlier in the movie, he's like, I don't want anyone, like, learning anything, and, like, of course, like, 
the brothers resolve their differences and learn to love each other and and Charlie's not going to have issues with like the girl he likes anymore and then Donald gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> and so they like freak out and they and they flee and they drive off but they crash the car into a ranger's truck and Donald dies, which was like a bummer because Donald mm-hmm. just always had like this like stupid look on his face that I thought was very funny, <laughs> you know. <laughs> His mouth. That's what. That's what. Like, I feel like it's such a good movie for Nicolas Cage because he gets to be like the serious, self-hating guy with Charlie, but he gets to just have fun with Donald. He gets to be. He gets to be like leaving Las Vegas and Wicker Man. <laughs> Wicker Man. <laughs> yes. Bees. <laughs> Could you imagine the Donald character in the place of the Wicker Man? I would Man? enjoy that very much. I'm just like imagining like his stupid face. Yes, and his hair. His, like, curly hair. <laughs> stupid curly hair. So Donald dies, and Charlie runs off into the swamp, and he's, but he's, like, caught by LaRoche. But then, um, in true Donald screenwriting fashion, LaRoche is killed by an alligator. Orlean's arrested. Charlie tells the girl that he's in love with that he's in love with her. He finishes the script, and in the voiceover at the end, he announces that the script is finished, and that he wants Gerard Depardieu to play him in the film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's and Meryl Streep is really, really good in this film because, like, in the beginning, you know, she just looks so calm and cool and collected. And then as you start to realize, oh, she's actually, like, she's a dummy. selling drugs and all that stuff, it's, like, she gets more and more unhinged, and it's great. Because, like, throughout the film, like, there's scenes being interspersed where, like, Charlie is kind of thinking about how he would write certain scenes from the book, which is, like you said, just like a rambling like collection of thoughts. At one point, he's just reading the book to us. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really good. And I think that uh, we didn't... You can't really do it justice when you talk about it because it's just got so many elements to it. And like also, it does not help that I was not paying attention for part of it. <laughs> but like, I feel... <laughs> I guess I'm a little bit of like a loser when it comes to this kind of stuff. But even when you were talking about it, I was like getting chills because I love this movie so much. <laughs> it's so good because I was it like... It was the sound of my voice. <laughs> oh, yes. Obviously. I just missed you so much. But when you were talking about like how the screenwriter like talks about the last third going off the rails, like it's so good. Like the fact that screenwriter's like, hey, don't have deus ex machinas. But then an alligator comes out and kills LaRouge. The deus ex machina is really, I want to say... The, the guy i think his name is like robert yeah mckee whatever robert mckee the screenwriting like guy. i'm pretty sure he's the deus ex machina but yeah oh he definitely is i think actually the um alligator's not really a deus ex machina because the alligator was introduced like when they're going through the swamp looking at the orchids they like a an alligator goes by so Technically, it's just a Chekhov's gun, Mm -hmm. which, like, that's the kind of stuff this film is trying to get you to think about, which is why it's perfect for a film class, because it's really, like, introducing you to the concept of, like, why you choose certain things in your screenwriting process. Really good for a film class. Less good for a podcast about garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, know, I've been thinking, this is not related to adaptation, it's just related to our podcast. I've just been thinking about the the phrase vocal tots for the last couple weeks and getting really angry. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, so so mad at you. Like, maybe the most mad I've ever been. I was looking at, thinking about doing, like, t-shirt designs for our podcast, and one of them, I was thinking about having, like, a little pile of tots and just saying vocal tots. On the, sh- on the shirt. No one would wear that. Not even me. No one would. No one would. But... I got two really good shirts at a craft fair yesterday. 
Yeah. One um, has like a stupid little cartoon dog on the front and on the back it just says dogs. <laughs> I mean, and the other relatable. one, you're going to like this a lot. You're going to really like this one. So it's um, it's a bee like over like a field, but it's definitely it's like um, it's like portrayed kind of like the I want to believe poster from X-Files, but it says I want to believe. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I need it. I could the, the fair is still going on today. I could go buy you one. Oh my god. Yes. A hundred percent. Oh my god. That's why we're friends. That's why we're best friends. That's why we do this podcast together. Well, yeah, so about this film, like again, I feel like we've still kind of shot ourselves in the foot here because there's really not like there's a lot to talk about it in like a cool intellectual, like, oh, this movie is so fun and neat. And I will say, like, it is ridiculous. Like, the fact that, like, it goes off the rails and Meryl Streep is, like, <laughs> snorting. It, like, because they, they, like, crush up the orchid, right? Yeah, and it's, like, a it's a weird color. I can't tell you what color it is right now because my brain's blocked it out. But it's, like, bright blue or bright green or something like that. Yeah. And, like, the fact that it just goes like that, it's just so good because... I mean, it's, it's Nicolas Cage. You can't go wrong with over-the-top Nicolas Cage. I just love when... My my favorite scenes are just when Nicolas Cage is talking to himself and like one of them is like a depressed, fat, self-hating Nicolas Cage and the other one is just like earnest and stupid, <laughs> but also looks exactly the same. But you can always tell which one's Donald because Donald always has a stupid ass look on his face. <laughs> he always looks like if you ask him to buy some magic beans, he'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the thing that's really great about Nicolas Cage is like, it's really hard to decide whether or not he's a good actor or a bad actor. Like, there's actually a, a pretty funny scene in the TV show Community where, like, Abed goes crazy over trying to figure out whether or not, like, is he a good actor or not? And just the thing is, like, there's stuff like this where he's doing some, like, really fantastic, like, multifaceted acting work. And then there's stuff like The Wicker Man where it's just yelling about bees. I think it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, he's just gonna do what he's gotta do to make that money and blah, blah, blah. So he's, like, he's like he knows that, like, Spike Jones is not gonna let him get away with any bullshit. But he knows the director <laughs> of The Wicker Man is gonna let him get away with all of the bullshit. All of the bullshit. 100% yes. bullshit. I mean, because he still had two years till National Treasure and then Ghost Rider. You know, it would be great to just have like a few episodes where we just do Nicolas Cage. Cause, Nicolas Cage cast. Yeah, Nicolas Cage cast. The Cage years. <laughs> oh, man. The 2000s are a really good like time to watch Nicolas Cage movies because he just goes insane. I did want to say, one of my friends told me this. Nicolas Cage is a certain acting method. Have you heard about this? No. He calls it the Nouveau Shamanic. And it's, <laughs> yes, because that's, that's the kind of pretentious that Nicolas Cage is, which is why he's such an interesting actor. Because it's like, he, you know, has a method to his madness, literally. Like, it's he's something about, so much. like, he just really wants real emotion put forth, which some might say it doesn't translate well onto the screen, which is probably true. He said he's going to write a book about it one day. So I was reading a little bit about the trivia about this movie with Nicolas Cage. Apparently, we're talking about his acting method of nouveau shamanic or whatever. He said he ignored all of his acting instincts for this movie and played the part of Charlie Kaufman exactly as Spike Jones asked him to. 
And then he received an Academy Award nomination for it. So apparently that's why this movie is so good. Because he didn't do anything he actually wanted to. Because he was like, I'm going to I'm gonna un-Nick Cage this. Yeah. You were right then. He exactly just said he knew the Spike Jones wouldn't get him, let him get away with it. No, I told you. I was like, Spike Jones isn't going to let anyone get away with anything. <laughs> He's Spike Jones. His name is Spike. <laughs> He's a pointy guy. <laughs> Spike. Wait, so are you saying that your name is directly, like, related to... No, but it can help. No, but it can help. Yeah, you're right. So does that mean, like, Nick Cage? Especially if you choose it. Like, was Spike Jones born Spike? Is anybody born Spike? Spike Jones... Wait. 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 Who do I... Wait. Wait. Who do I have confused with Spike Jones? I don't know. He... Wait. Because I'm looking at him right now, and I'm like, this is not, he does not look the way I thought he was going to look. Like, his name is Adam Spiegel in real life. Is it? Oh, God, you're right. Ugh. I mean, that's but, why he chose the name Spike. Spike Jones. But wait, 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 wait. Who am I thinking of? It's someone else with the last name Jones. I, there's a lot of people with the last name Jones. He's like a famous director. Or maybe, no, Spike Lee. Oh, yeah. But still, I mean. See, I guess, yeah, no. Spike Lee, I would figure that. You couldn't get away with anything. Probably not. Spike Jones, I feel like I could fight. I could take. Yeah. A fight. Now that I'm looking at a picture of Spike Jones, I would. He couldn't tell me what to do. Yeah, I could definitely fight him. <laughs> just, just think of you fighting the director of this movie. He'd probably win because he's a large man, but I would win because I would sue him <laughs> for for punching me. Wait, did he? He directed Jackass oh 3D. He directed all the Jackass movies. Okay, when Charlie Kaufman won the BAFTA in 2003 for Best Adapted Screenplay, he wasn't able to attend the ceremony, so Meryl Streep accepted the award on his behalf and read out a speech that he had faxed. Faxed. But instead of saying, I would like to thank Spike Jones," she said, I would like to spank. Spike. And the audience, like, burst into applause. Because, of course, I mean, I think... People would have burst into applause no matter what Meryl Streep said. Meryl Streep could tell me that she'd beheaded my mother, and I'd be like, "What did she? Well, did she? Did she deserve it?" <laughs> Thank you, Meryl Streep. Did you? Did, I was. I'd be like, "Well, did you physically do the act of beheading?" Because if you got someone else to do it, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. She's never gonna listen to this. <laughs> It's a good movie. I definitely recommend watching it. I'm sorry that we did such a bad job talking about it, but that's kind of why you're here. So yeah, like you you don't come here for quality. And if anybody has any recommendations for a film, not a documentary, because we don't watch documentaries for this, about like Hollywood or silent film that isn't also a three hour long movie, like The Aviator, yeah. I'd love to hear it because I would love to watch a movie that is good for this podcast that I can talk about. So yeah, oh, we need like a Venn diagram, you know, like one circle is uh, Shit. good. So movies watch, we can watch this podcast. Um, one is good. One is uh, able to talk about what a talkability. I don't know. What you talkability. Talkability. So good talkability. And then also short. Mm. Or rather, not long. Yeah, that the short's the important part. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing is like, we're in the good and sh- and short, but it doesn't hit the talkability. No. I don't really think I can find anything that's good, short, short and talkable, talkable for a comedy podcast. I mean, usually, when you say good, do you mean like a good movie or do you mean just good for the podcast? I feel like it has to be enjoyable. See, that's where you're, that's where you're fucking it up. 
the easiest movies to talk about are the worst movies. You're right. You're right. Hey, have you had any really bad movies you've watched lately? I've got one. Tell me. I watched a movie um, on Netflix about a stripper bus. I saw Hereditary a few months ago, and I hated it. Okay, it's called Party Bus to Hell. That it's a 2017 awful. movie. It's the one of the worst movies I've watched because it's like not really bad enough to be funny, but oh, also, no. but also just but also like, really bad. Yeah, and it's like ridiculous concept because like a party bus is on the way to Burning Man and breaks down among a satanic cult. And they're all trapped in the bus. And then, like, one of the girls turns into a demon. It's Sounds like, about right. It, it feels like it could have been good, but it wasn't. So if you're mad that we didn't talk about a bad movie this week, go watch that and then apologize to me. <laughs> and if you want to watch a movie that everyone told you was really good and then you hated, go watch Hereditary. <laughs> a movie that got too hyped up. And then, like, I, I watched it in a theater and I was, like, too close to the screen and I was, like, with someone and i just kept looking at him like i'm sorry because i was the only one to go see it you know what's really good about adaptation though is it's really easy to find a crime based on it because obviously just go steal steal a famous orchid steal an orchid steal a lonely orchid or an or a non-famous orchid i mean honestly stealing an orchid is gonna be a crime yeah you're right i mean it just depends on the severity of the crime at that point um you can steal an orchid you can crash your car into another car you can let an alligator kill somebody. I don't think that's a crime. I feel like there's got to be like a good Samaritan type deal there. But then again, you have to think about what a reasonable person be able to stop an alligator. And the answer is no. Exactly. So no, I don't like, I don't know. It's like, don't give an alligator an opportunity. But if the alligator <laughs> has the opportunity, you can't. <laughs> Wait, so don't get, don't go into the swamp, give an alligator $5 and tell it to kill that person over there. That's a crime. <laughs> that's... No, because here's the thing. That's not giving an alligator $5 to kill another person. That's giving an alligator an opportunity to kill you. I'm just saying, like, don't throw a person into a swamp. How about just don't go to swamps? Let's just, like, isn't that in Florida, too? Like, let's not go to Florida. Yeah, it's so gross. Let's just, yeah, stay out of Florida. Okay, Um, what other crimes could you do? Don't have three personalities, one of which is a cop, and one of which is a murderer, and one of which is a victim, and then, like, kidnap yourself. I want to watch that fucking movie. I would love to find, like, what you could charge you, what what legally you could charge someone for kidnapping themselves. All I know is that I, my favorite, like, my favorite line in that movie is, is Charlie says to Donald, he goes, how would it work that a man is, he's locked in a, in a dungeon, but also he's a job as a cop, and, and Donald just kind of those, uh, uh, uh trick photography (laughs) which is hilarious because they're actually doing like trick photography right there with having the same dude talk to himself i love it so that's why this movie is so fucking good because it's just like he's always got that stupid look on his face i just love that stupid just oh it's not a crime but just always have a stupid look on your face yeah i feel like i would it might not be a crime to have a stupid look on your face but it's definitely a crime to punch somebody for having a stupid look on their face oh so do that yeah (laughs) <laughs> or just be aware that might happen if your look is dumb enough. Yeah. But then, Lord. you know, you've done a good job. So congratulations. Party hard. Yeah. And don't hurt us for not having a lot to talk about. You're welcome for this short episode, dummies. Yeah. 
We're going to have some more like guest episodes coming up soon. I've got some exciting stuff in the works for guest episodes uh, for mini-sodes as well as movie-sodes. So don't worry, we'll be picking up steam again. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Guess What You're Gonna Hate, on Twitter and Instagram at Hate Podcast, and on our website, hatepodcast.com. And if you have any suggestions for movies, tweet at us. Don't email us. The email's too long. The email's too long. I never check it on either way. Yeah, I don't either. I never check anything. Because I am trash. (laughs) Pure 100% trash. I mean, that's what makes it good, though. I mean, basically, all of our audience are just little chubby raccoons trying to get along, trying to have a good time. Trying to eat trash. Gotcha. Trying to eat this trash content. Okay. And we love them for it. I'm going to go buy you that t-shirt. Okay.